Today on Locked On Canadians, should we be worried about an Arbor Jack Eye trade? You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 998. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. My name is Laura Sab, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by the wonderful Scott Matla, who had to hold the fort while I was away for over a week. Um, and uh, just before I introduce Scott, or before he jumps in, I want to remind everybody that you can find this episode wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. We are free and available literally everywhere. Scott, how was a nice, peaceful week without me? Uh, I wouldn't call it peaceful because the Montreal Canadiens in the week that you were away decided to play a great game, an okay game, uh, and two terrible games, uh, all while the AHL team basically fought everybody for two straight nights. It was it was both somehow quiet and chaotic in Montreal Canadiens land while you were gone. So uh, hopefully you were all caught up on the insanity that has ensued uh, in the time that you were away. Speaking of fighting, uh, we are going to be talking about Arbor Jackeye. Also, later in this episode, we're going to be previewing the next game. And we are also going to talk about Patrick Waugh coaching in the NHL once again. Let's start with Arbor Jackeye because here's the thing, Scott. I don't know if the same you have the same experience. I talk to a lot of Habs fans. I meet a lot of Habs fans, particularly living in Montreal. And everybody is nervous about the Canadians one day hypothetically trading Arbor Jackeye. Now, we know... They're getting calls. But if they weren't getting calls, other NHL GMs wouldn't be doing their jobs. So here's the thing about this, too, that I think is really important to note is we knew that they've potentially been getting calls, like going back to the offseason, even if they were just kind of whispers about it. I think his first season really kind of brought to light someone that I think NHL GMs that uh, they value that kind of player, ignoring you know his actual talent and going for his mean uh, face punching ones. Uh, today, the Rockets sent Justin Barron uh, to the AHL and also put Mitchell Stevens on waivers. He has to clear to go back to the Rocket. I'd be stunned if he doesn't clear. Uh, and in that, at 5 p.m., it was Arbor Jack. I recalled as expected from the Laval Rocket, where he's been playing really well on the top pair of Logan Mayu. The whole thing, and basically Friedman kind of lit this fire, and I believe it was sometime on Saturday during one of the Hockey Night in Canada segments, while Jackeye and the Rocket were quite literally fighting the uh, Belleville Senators, that we know the Flyers called and asked and basically got told no straight to their face, which should assuage some people's fears, because the rumor is, and I believe this comes from 32 Thoughts, is was it a Cutter Gauthier for Arbor Jack I trade? And we'll never know at this point. I, I don't think, think it would have been a no if that was the case, though, Scott, would it? I, I'm i up in the air, and I, I really want to make this very clear. I am of two minds on trading Arbor Jack I. One, no, because there's a unique skill set there. 
that he is one of the scariest dudes in the league, but there's definitive talent behind that. Watching him play in the AHL and grow and develop those other skills, there's a very good NHL player in there. And you don't just want to give that up, especially one who fills that void of, I am making everybody a little bit taller on the ice. Even if I don't fully believe that, other players on the team might. And there's talent there. On the other side of things, that mean, punchy, I hit dudes, I'm big kind of mentality plays so well with GMs in the NHL that offering Cutter Goche a top five pick in the NHL draft straight up for Arbor Jacki is insanity. Which if that was a no, either GMs are going to come back with improved offers or just larger packages on stuff like that. And Okay, but here's my argument, Scott, is I don't think it was a no. Like, I'm pretty sure if it was a straight-up one-for-one trade for a top-five pick, it's a top-five pick, I don't think Ken Hughes would have said no. Well, here's the thing is because we know they tried to offer Goche to the Habs at some point last year. But they wanted so much for it. And they just said they wanted the top-five pick, and they said I don't think the Habs had interest in Cutter Goche at all, which means I think that Hughes, being connected to Hockey East the way that he is, probably had a line that said, "Do you want to play in?" Can-? Someone asked Cutter Goche, "Do you want to play in Canada?" And he probably said, "I have no interest in that." Hughes is not going to get sold a false bill of goods on that. Is is my thought? Is the Flyers have tried allegedly twice now to offer Cutter Goche to the Habs, and Ken Hughes has said no both times because I. And this is maybe a little naive of me to believe that Hughes is getting the information probably from his own kid at Northeastern. They probably text players on other teams. Would you be shocked if it's like he doesn't want to play in Canada? Because if they offered him to 18 to 20 NHL teams, I can assure you he probably said no to most of them in Canada because that's usually on most people's list just because the amount of attention and scrutiny that goes along with that. And our taxes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, (laughs) you hire an accountant. (laughs) Part of my brain goes, the prospect part of my brain looks at this and goes, man, I don't know. Cutter Goche for Arbor Jack guys feels like highway robbery on the Hab side of things. Absolutely. This is why I'm saying. (laughs) But that's with the assumption that he would sign with the team. Because here's the thing. If you trade for him and he goes, double birds, I don't want to sign with you guys. Then you, you know, sell him to somebody else and get a decent return. But no, because here's the thing is, look at like <laughs> look at like Adam Fox and you know Jimmy VZ. Eventually that trade value keeps going down because you don't have leverage in this situation. We only just found out after the trade came out that Cutter Goche didn't have didn't want to play in Philadelphia. This is Montreal, where if it's oh Cutter Goche has said he doesn't want to play here. 25 Stanley is going to be digging through his garbage to find, you know, whatever they can and be like, he doesn't want to sign in Montreal. And then all of a sudden it's, it's over. It's Jover. Like there is that value goes down there. And I'm not saying this is what would happen, but imagine Arbor Jack, I turns into there and this is a huge lofty comparison like Chris Pronger for the flyers. Okay. Arbor Jack, I, Arbor Jack, I is not going to the flyers. Okay. Well, clearly no. Cause they told him no twice at this point. But Friedman added to that, <laughs> if he's not, if he's going to ever leave the Canadians, it feels like destiny that he's going to be a flyer, which tells me the Flyers are just keyed in on this guy. They want someone like him on their team, to which I say, mm, scout undrafted free agents better. Are you stupid? Uh, I Go up and down the aisles I, at the Costco's. <laughs> 
have another once in a lifetime pandemic and find the uh, meanest looking person in the Costco right now. Uh, <laughs> it's, I understand why trading him nets you a huge positive. It's like, he's literally found money. You didn't expend draft capital on him. You didn't trade anybody for him. You invited him to camp there and. You got it. You got to Hold on. Let me do a thumbs up and see if the camera does a thought. I don't know too. why that does that all no, the time. I really don't. It's, <laughs> but the thing behind it is, is that he's found money, which means no matter what you do, if you trade him and get a ton of assets, you've probably made an invest or a good return on your investment. But I also acknowledge that Kent Hughes knows, and this shouldn't be a part of it because you shouldn't always take that fans would be sad. Fans are sad in sports a lot. Take it from someone who watched the Bills this weekend. Is that if you trade him, there will be a portion of this fan base that will never believe in you again. Even if you do everything. Anybody can be traded. Anybody can be traded. I'm not sold on trading him right now because I don't think he's hit a ceiling. And I use this comparison to Alexander Romanov. That Romanov had that physicality and we were waiting to see if there was more upside there. And it seemed like he had plateaued. He probably should have done what Jack I did and went down to the AHL, played a lot more minutes, and gotten that confidence. Hughes made the decision to trade a young, popular defenseman and got Kirby Doc out of it. Arbor Jack I to me hasn't hit his ceiling yet. And that's why I think Hughes isn't inclined to be like, no, I will trade him. Next year, if he's plateaued and we're seeing he's a bottom pairing defenseman and that's it, you've still made a great investment for an undrafted free agent. But then maybe you consider it. This year, I think we're seeing that ceiling rise a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to be a first-pairing defenseman, but the time isn't right to do this. You're selling on unfulfilled potential right now when you have time to actually get to that level. Uh, in the future, maybe, right now, I'm I'm keeping Arbor Jack Eye right now. I, it's not even a debate for myself, even for Speaking- Cutter Goche. <laughs> I have lots of thoughts about that, but we are running out of time. Speaking of unfulfilled potential, the Sens are there for the taking. They are an enormous circus right now, and yet the Habs cannot beat them. So let's talk about that and see if the next game is going to do the trick. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. What is Game Time? It is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, all users get $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. That's it. I I wish I could be in Vegas, honestly, for the big game. I've never been, and that seems like a great time to go. And let me tell you something about the Game Time app. Honestly, it's changed my life because getting tickets should absolutely not be stressful. They've got killer last minute deals. They've got flash deals, zone deals. They've got everything. It's such an easy way to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And you get views from every single seat that you might purchase. So you know exactly what your view is going to look like. Honestly, it's a no-brainer. They have a lowest price guarantee. They've got event cancellation protection, which I know if you get tickets elsewhere, you might not have. They've got job loss protection. They've got so, so much stuff. And they have deals right up to the start of the event and even even an hour after it starts. It is the place to find last-minute seats. And you get exclusive flash deals. You get sponsored deals. It's everything. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. 
Right now, all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply. Just download the game time app and use VEGAS100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, you can always use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Scott, I heard that I missed a really disappointing Montreal Canadiens game against the Ottawa Senators. And the Ottawa Senators, as you said, is a franchise that should be burned off the face of the earth just to remove just just to remove an element of misery to our day, from our daily lives. So what happened? So, what did I miss? <laughs> uh, the goaltending was bad. Uh, the defense was bad. It was It was just all bad in that they played the Devils the night before and then Someone in my in my mentions pointed this out is that they played in Philadelphia last week and then traveled and then came back to New Jersey afterwards. To which someone pointed out, why would they play in Philadelphia and then go home, then come down to go to Ottawa? And it's like, okay, that makes sense. But regardless, second half of a back-to-back where they played a pretty good game against the Devils. It wasn't overly physical, wasn't overly ridiculous. And they just came out and didn't look like they had legs. A lot of odd man rushes against. And the Senators, being they still score a ton of goals, even if they can't stop letting them in, uh, took advantage of that. And then the Canadians, and for whatever reason, always unravel. Martin St. Louis has yet to beat the Senators, I believe, is what the stat was that I heard. He's 0 for 7 uh, against Ottawa since taking over as head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, which... It's the Senators. It's it's not like it's the Leafs. At least I know that he's beaten the Leafs. But it's frustrating because there have been winnable games that they haven't won. The biggest thing in this one is you've had the weekend off. Mike Matson said the flight back from Boston on Saturday was quiet. That when you give up nine goals to your oldest rival, it should be quiet. I am hoping this team comes out with some focus in this game. I don't need them to beat up every Senator on the ice. Would it make me feel better? Maybe. But they don't actually need to do that. Focus, smart with your assignments, and for the love of God, just stay out of the bullcrap. The Senators are masters at getting the Canadians to take the extra penalty. And therein lies the problem is that the Canadians' power play, sometimes good, sometimes bad, never – I. It's never anywhere in the middle where it's just okay. It's sometimes good or sometimes bad. That's it. And the penalty kill is terrible. And when Ottawa has players who score on the power play routinely, you can't let them get hot. It's it, it's a game that's going to tell me, did you learn anything from last week or not? Because if not, let's start revving up those mock draft profiles and everything else. Just mail in the season. If you can't figure this one out a week later after losing to them 6-2 and then getting blown out 9-4, you've got a lot of soul searching to do that. I'm not sure you're capable of in this season. Okay. But can we just pull up the mock drafts and get excited about, about the summer already? Cause whether or not they figure it out and get it together. Like I still want to talk about draft picks. This team is, you know, still in like year, almost, almost year two uh, of a rebuild. So I, I still have a lot of, I'm still very invested in the draft. I don't know about you guys, but, this is all the way of saying that coming up next week, I will have lots of draft content because <laughs> it is Scott's turn to be away. Um, and I am not doing this show alone. I will have lots of draft uh, prospect content. Uh, in the meantime, can we talk a little bit about the Ottawa Senators themselves? Like there's no. something, 
no, no. You, <laughs> I mean, like, I we have to because that's you don't want to encourage their existence by talking about them. No, Is that because it? after last after, after last week, I'm sick and tired of the senators. Someone in my mentions <laughs> today went Arbor Jacki being called up to face the senators after facing the Belleville senators twice last week should be able to sue for like, you know, hazardous work environments. No one should have I that much exposure. I absolutely agree. No one should have that much exposure to the Ottawa Senators, even the Ottawa Senators. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I just Okay. But sorry, wait, Scott, let me let me let me let me ask my question because we do kind of have to talk about them. Is there something about the Ottawa Senators that for whatever reason makes them uh, like for the Habs, like makes these unwinnable games. And let me let me tell you what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm like I actually do have a point here, is that there is a long period of time when where the Montreal Canadiens kept losing to every iteration of the Buttalo, Buffalo Buffalo. Oh my god! They were the Buffalo Sabers <laughs> at that time. That's a hell of a forty. I can't slip. believe I said that out loud. All right, the Buffalo Sabers, right? And it was like they had different, like they would, you know, year in and year out, they would constantly lose, and it was because every time the Buffalo Sabers played the Habs they would score first and then they would take the energy out of the game both by playing a like a, a mediocre trap game but also just really slowing everything down so that the fans couldn't get into it and the players just for whatever reason they couldn't overcome that it was just like your classic like be the worst team to play trap or even be the better team and play trap so there was definitely like an unbeatable quality to the Buffalo Sabres, whereas like, you know, we're, we're, when the Habs were not able to beat the Sharks, that was because the Sharks were just way better than them. That's not the case with the Ottawa Senators. So what is it about the Ottawa Senators that makes them unbeatable for Mar Martin St. Louis? Sorry, not makes them unwinnable. Unbeatable. Unbeatable, Either whatever. Way. It's The thing is, all these games are winnable. It's just for whatever reason the Senators get under the Canadian skin in a way that no other team really does. Like, I look at the games against the Bruins. They're, they're still a rivalry game, but they're not quite where we were in 2012, 2013, 2014, where every Habs-Bruins game is, you're going to see a mess on the ice every time, for better or for worse. Off the, the ice, too. Yeah. Uh, and like the Leafs are a little bit like they're competitive, but the Leafs are so good that they shouldn't be worrying about the Habs, but, you know, continue to, you know, just, you know, poop the bed against them, which is funny. The Senators, for whatever reason, have just been that thorn in the side of the Canadians, basically since the lockout ended, the last lockout. Yeah, and I know I have to specify on that. You have that 2013 playoff series, which basically reverted Michel Tarrant into, we got to play tough goon hockey. Terrible. You uh, you have the infamous Ides of March game uh, in 2014, which was hilarious. And then it's just been the Senators and Habs. They traded it, and then in recent years, they just needle them, and they get the Habs off their game. The Habs could be a well-structured team playing really good, strong, supporting hockey, and then Brady Kachuk comes in with his dumb yokel face and gets them off their game. Tim Stutzla falls over air, and Brendan Gallagher gets angry off his game. Josh Anderson wants to blindside people. Everybody wants to fight Arbor Jacki. In that the Sens basically turned this into the Habs are not fighting down at an opponent. They've been dragged into the muck that is the Ottawa Senators, and they don't know how to fight at that level. The Senators are mired in crap and have been there for years. The Habs have been bad, but have seen what's above the muck and don't know what to do in that situation. They are dragged down to a level that they don't know how to compete at.
which feels weird because we've seen them punch above their weight class easily. But when they get dragged down in, in this series here, because the Senators, like I said, just know how to twist that knife just in the right spot. It's like playing a video game where it's like, oh, if I equip this sword, it's more effective against this boss. And they do that, and it is just relentless. I don't know if it's if this is like one of their money on the board games that they took that Brendan Gallagher calling Tim Stutzla a diver thing personally, which doesn't. They did. Well, he's a diver, so I don't really care. But <laughs> I mean, no, Brendan Gallagher was right. <laughs> he was, but at but the same did. time, he just fed their narrative that you know they're trying to bully us and we're going to bully the bullies, and it's working. Uh, Brady Kachuk is a perfect foil for this team. Because the Canadians want to play with speed and pace and skill. And Brady Kachuk is just like, what if I take a sledgehammer to this wall? And the Habs don't have a regular answer for that one because he won't fight Arbor Jack Eye in the first place. But that's besides the point is that the Habs just don't know how to fight in the muck. They just get swallowed up into it and they can't get their head back above ground. And then they, they leave the game and everybody feels sad and everyone's mentions are terrible. You know what I think, Scott? I think the Habs and the Senators are both doing this to spite me personally. I think that's where it's going. <laughs> um, either way, we will obviously have the recap after the game. And I'm excited to see whether we get a patented Scott Matt Laurent or, you know, we get to rejoice and be smug. Uh, I think there's definitely money on the board, though, Scott, like since Michael and Laura bought them, right? There's It's definitely... For the Sens, it's definitely a little bit more personal than it ever would be for the Habs. But I think as part of Marty, like maturing as a coach, right? Like we talk a lot about how it, he's also a rookie coach, right? And like in the most ex extreme sense of the word, like he literally had no professional coaching experience. So, you know, this is part of his growing pains too. And I really hope it gets to a point where these are money on the board games for the Habs, where like every game under Marty, they beat the Senators. I don't think we're there yet. I really hope we can start with one game, though. So we'll be watching out for that, and we'll obviously have the recap. And something else we will be watching is the legend Patrick Roy is back in the NHL as a coach. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what his relationship with Lou is going to be like uh, and more. And that is coming up in just one moment here on Locked On Canadians. But first, this episode is brought to you by Sleeper. We are almost at the halfway point in the season for most teams. And you know what? The Canadians, they're not doing what we want them to do. Let's be honest. Regardless of where they are in the current standings, though, I do want to remind you that you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. We love, this is what we love about the app. You know, you can kind of uh, talk to any other fans. Like There's a lot of chat functionality in there. You can also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football. It's all on Sleeper and your entries can be made in under a minute. And it's so easy. All you have to do is pick whether any player, you know, like McDavid, Ovechkin, Crosby, any player will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, or more in a given game. To win a 100 times on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. 
You heard me, Habs fans. You can win 100 times your money by playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, Scott, it's time. I never thought this day would come, to be honest. <laughs> but we are talking about Patrick Roy as a coach again. And not just a coach. The New York Islanders, like Lou Lamorello, literally fired a guy and then brought in Patrick Waugh to enact his vision. <laughs> like Lou's vision, not Patrick Roy's vision. All right, so let's talk about this, please, because I am so entertained. Apparently he's 1-0. I don't know. I was just looking up and seeing, you know, what his stats are right now. He's won a game in the NHL. So, well, no, not a game in the NHL. A game as Islanders coach. We do know that he, yeah. he was the, yeah. We do so, know that he has previous NHL coaching experience and he likes to pull goalies with 13 minutes left in the game, which is bold and fun, I must say. He's, I'm, I, I saw this tweet cr- come across my timeline, saw the photo of him and everything, and I'm looking at this and going, what am I seeing? Like, none of this makes any sense whatsoever. Like, Lane Lambert needed to be fired, for sure. But Patrick Waugh as coach is something to me that it just doesn't click. Like, it, it being the Islanders, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. And it, they had to make a move, and I am stunned that Lula Marillo went out and got a guy who wanted more autonomy and more control of the team in Colorado. And when he didn't get that, he took his ball and went home. Uh, and the weirdest consequence of this has been watching Islanders fans react to the entire Montreal media market, just moving into long Island now to cover the Islanders <laughs> because Patrick was there, which. Okay. Listen. Listen, he is a Montreal legend. It's just like, I don't think people understand how terribly wrong this could go. Uh, here's the thing is, not my problem. Absolutely <laughs> not my problem. It, We're here's excited the thing is, to watch it. Because I thought for sure he was going to be the next Islanders coach because they love to steal things from the Canadians. I thought for <laughs> sure that when they fired DJ Smith, I'm like, we're going to get a Patrick Waugh announcement and every Habs-Sengs game is going to be even dumber than it is now. But looking at his practice, looking at him in-game, he hasn't changed a bit. He is still angry. He is the shade of a tomato when he gets going there. It's his first day at practice, and he's screaming, slamming his stick on the ice, directing people. And all I could think is every Rangers game, every Devils game, and every Penguins game, which are already feisty and nasty and everything, are going to be next level. Patrick Waugh loves him some absolute barnyard thug hockey sometimes when things aren't going his way. And the Islanders as a lunch pail group there can absolutely play that style. It's so bizarre though. Like I said, Lou Lamarillo and Patrick Waugh is not a combination I saw happening. <laughs> it's I, it's so weird. And the, here's the thing is uh, we're talking about this because the important thing is the Habs play the Islanders this week. I believe that game is at home. I am hoping that game is at home. Uh, it is, thank God, because if it was when in, it? 
it is on Thursday night. <laughs> so oh, Habs and yeah. Islanders on Thursday night. <laughs> so of Thursday, everyone, it is our 1,000th episode. Um, we will be reflecting on our time together. However, in honor of our 1,000th episode, we do have some special guests coming up. We just couldn't line them up with the timing and me being away so much this year and Scott being away so much lately. Uh, so we will have a special gift to all of you. And we promise it'll be worth the wait. And that's coming in honor of our 1,000th episode. But our 1,000th episode is coming on Thursday. We will do, I have to just order the sauces for it. We'll probably do hot ones again on a Friday night. We'll have some fun with oh, it. Oh, yes, um, I we'll have make... that live episode to do about tourism in Montreal, too, before April, which is when our lovely friend gets here. Yes. So my plan is I'm going to, we will do hot ones again. We'll do an open Q&A live stream and everything for that. Uh, we'll have a little bit of fun with it. Laura and Carly can watch me suffer through chicken wings and everything else. So uh, that'll be part of it. We are trying to line up some bigger guests for that, even if they are not our thousandth episode as special bonuses to that, that we can upload whenever we want for you uh, without the the usual like podcast ads and stuff in there. If our overloads are listening, sorry, but it's a bonus. It's a gift. I was going to say, it is uh, it is a thank you. Uh, we have so much to go back on from when we started this, but uh, I, I, the circus around Patrick Waugh being back in Montreal is going to be, uh, it's going to be unbearable that I'm probably just not going to be on Twitter today because I understand that it's cool, but sending entire like fleets of people to cover this debut for a team that you don't, that isn't playing the Canadians in that game feels wasteful when you have an AHL team, a women's hockey team, prospects and other things going on and you're not covering them in the same way uh it feels wasteful to me and all i know is after that game we're going to hear so many questions on should they have hired patrick watt you know the worst people in the media market and this is not to say that all of them are this way you know the ones who want to hear themselves talk are going to go should the canadians have hired patrick watt instead of martin saint louis and i'm going to take this hair up here where the bald spots back here and I'm going to make it a larger bald spot with all <laughs> the hair that I'm going to tear out because I like, I can set my watch to it that that article will be coming this week before or after the game, that article will come out and you will just hear me thudding my head against the wall. I, I look forward to being right. <laughs> What does it say about a market where, like, they would turn on beloved son Martin Saint Louis? <laughs> Honestly, I mean... um, but we're not going to do that. Listen, listen. Like, this has been a really fun episode, uh, but we are out of time. We will be recapping. Patrick what? was here for Throwback Night. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you think Lou Lamarillo circled it on the calendar? Lou Lamarillo probably looked at the calendar and went, what the hell is a throwback night? Like in honor Lou of throwback Lamarillo night, the like, Montreal Canadiens throw behind me for a throwback night. The Montreal Canadians in honor of throwback night should score nine goals on the on the Islanders starting goaltender. Um no, whoever he uh, is doesn't deserve that. Maybe he doesn't. Oh man. Oh, uh, lovely, because the era the Habs are celebrating for throwback night is the era just after Patrick Waugh was traded, the dark ages of the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> up until, like, let's say 2008. So, uh, oh, boy. I don't know. What? 2008 was pretty dark. Wasn't that the Steve Bejean year? 
<laughs> do you want the other years where Saku Koivu was playing with like guy, a guy I can't name because it doesn't matter basically. <laughs> like, anyways, if we can't go down name some guys lane here, or it's going to be a long. We don't long have time, night. but you know what? We can do naming some guys in a live episode sometime soon. I promise you, I have not forgotten Danny. I swear, it's just my life is very crazy, but I will get something down very very soon so you will still have time to plan your trip and uh i have a guest and we're going to talk about all fun things live and that's all coming up but so make sure you are all subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts as well as on youtube remember we are free and available literally everywhere you can find us on twitter lo underscore canadians you can find myself or scott matla on all social media at the Stick or at scott matla um you can also Send us emails, lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. We love to hear your stories. We would like mailback questions. We just, you know, we love to hear your experiences. Somebody told us about meeting Arbor Jacki. You know, like, send us more stuff like that. Lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. And as always, you can also leave mailback questions in the YouTube comments or just, you know, sit there and talk with, with each other. But if you want us to bring up something on the show, make sure you put mailback question or MBQ at the beginning. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you all next time.